Hello, my friends, and welcome to another Cup of Joe podcast on this Thursday, December the 30th, wherever you are, whenever you are listening to this, I wish you God's life and God's goodness and God's spirit filling you this day, my friends. Thank you for being with me here on this Cup of Joe podcast. Wonderful to have you with, because for those of you who are new, what we do here is we just read the gospel of the day. Sometimes I read the first reading, but most always I read the gospel for the day. Make a few comments on it, sometimes more than a few, kind of, sometimes it's where the spirit takes me, sometimes it's where the pizza takes me, and, and, you know, sometimes I have a hard time figuring out which is which. But uh, we just kind of break it open, and what I try to do is keep it to a couple of points, something that you and I can chew on with that gospel for the rest of the day. So, uh why speak more about it? Let's just do it together, shall we? Uh, today's gospel will follow up uh, exactly where we left off yesterday. So brothers and sisters, if you remember, on Christmas Eve, we celebrated Luke chapter 2, that glorious story of no room in the inn and the birth in the stable. Had we gone on Christmas Day instead of Christmas Eve, we would have immediately followed that early Luke 2, that's Luke 2, 1 through 14, with the shepherds arriving and seeing it. After the angels sing glory to God in the highest out to the shepherds, you know, out in the fields, well, then the shepherds go and see, uh, go to the stable, see the, the child, and are amazed. Okay, so that's Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. Then we Luke goes right from those stories to the story we heard yesterday, which is uh, the eighth day, the circumcision of Jesus, and uh, Mary and Joseph bringing Jesus to the temple, and uh, Simeon being present, and saying, you know, picking the child up now, uh, I can die, Lord, you've, you've kept your promise, and then looking at Mary and saying, and a sword shall pierce your heart. So immediately following those readings, I mean, we're still in Luke 2 today. Um, Luke 2 specifically, let's take a look here. Just got to find it. Oop, I'm on the wrong page. Luke 2, verse 36 to, turn one page, having a hard time here. Luke 2, chapter 36 through 40. So pretty short reading today. Gosh, it took me as long to find the verses as it will to read. But let's break open God's Word together, shall we? We're reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Anna the prophetess was also there, a daughter of Phanuel from the tribe of Asher. She was by now a very old woman, She had been married seven years and a widow for 84. She never left the temple area, worshiping night and day with her fastings and prayers. At the very time Simeon was praying, she showed up, broke into an anthem of praise to God, and talked about the child to all who were waiting expectantly for the the freeing of Jerusalem. When they finished everything required by God in the law, they returned to Galilee and their own town, Nazareth. There the child grew strong in body and wise in spirit, 
and the grace of God was on him. My friends, the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So again, you know, Luke has these infancy narratives, and, and basically they're chapters 1 and 2, and 1 is all prequel, focused on John the Baptist, particularly, though, on Zechariah and Elizabeth, right? And on Mary, and Mary's going to visit Elizabeth and helping her with the birth. Uh, that's chapter 1, and chapter 2 is the birth, the shepherds coming, and the presentation at the temple and Simeon and Anna going there. And the only other story that we will hear eventually, probably next week, in chapter 2 is the finding of Jesus at 12 years old. That's it. There we go. That's, those are the infancy narratives, and we're off and running. We're off and running in the mission and ministry of Jesus. Two points I think I'd invite us to chew on today. Both Simeon, and I alluded to the same thing yesterday, so similar ponderance for us today. Both Simeon and Anna were able to see through the disguise of Joseph and Mary. Now, don't get me wrong, Joseph and Mary did not put on, you know, a Groucho Marx, you know, glasses and mustache and, and things, and they were trying to get in and out of this area, you know, quick and easy for the circumcision or for the presentation. I said circumcision earlier. I think it was the presentation 40 days later. Um, they, that's not the disguise they were wearing. Who they were were, in a sense, refugees, right? Talked about that from Matthew's gospel when they went in and out of, of Egypt. Who they were, were was a man and woman in poverty. They were a young couple with a young child who didn't have much, but yet both Simeon and Anna were able to see through that exterior. Maybe that's a better, a better word than disguise. They were able to see through the externals, the exterior, and see the treasure that lay inside. The treasure of our Lord in this child? I mean, come on. How do you see that? and the treasure of the trust and the faith and the goodness of both Mary and Joseph. They were able to see Anna and Samuel, Simeon, excuse me, Anna and Simeon, the holy in the holy family. Here's my question for us. Are we able, are we able to do that too? Um, how do, we, how do we see through the externals to see the treasure of the people around us? Because they are, right? Right? They are. I mean, it's not a question of if. I mean, uh, you know, I, I think back, and, and I, I mentioned the story, gosh, it had to be a few months ago now when we celebrated the Feast of St. Lawrence. Remember, he was one of the deacons of the early church and one of the, the leaders of the church in Rome. And uh, the emperor got really mad at him and, uh, and brought him before him and said, you got three days, bring me the treasures of the church or you're out of here. Because he knew he was one of the people who kept the books for the church and the church had money, at least so he thought. And so at the end of that three days, Lawrence comes before him and says, emperor, your highness, uh, I've brought you the treasures of the church. 
and then he steps aside and in come the 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 lepers and in come the uh the the sick and the poor and the invalids and and all of those and he says these are the treasures of the church and of course he got martyred for that but we don't have to go so far back as the third century to see what saint lawrence did we just look at our our saint mother teresa of calcutta right who said you know jesus hides for us in the distressing disguise of the poor. Jesus is present to us in the distressing disguise of the poor. Now, as Dorothy Day said, don't romanticize the poor. Don't romanticize them and feel like, oh, you know, all we have to do is scratch the surface and there God is. No. I mean, to be poor is to be poor. It's to be smelly. It's to be, you know, chaotic. It's to be, you know, um, uh, out of control. It's to be not knowing what's coming next. It's to be in the midst of chaos sometimes. But yet, it's right there in the midst of the storm, right? It's right there in the midst of the unknowing that we find the knowing, capital T, capital N, that we find the one. Because, boy, he's there too. So how do we see? How do we learn to see? How do we ask God to give us eyes to see, minds to, to contemplate, the patience to, to look and, and not just look at our phone or look at what's coming next or, or, or look where we've been. How do we look at the now and see what is present before us now? Because Anna did, and so did Simeon. They were able to see through the externals, through the disguise, and see the treasure of the Christ. Point number one. Point number two is this. Toward the end, I love this this idea. So he went back to Nazareth. Oh, oh, sorry, that's it. When they finished, meaning when Mary, Joseph, and Jesus finished, everything required by God in the law for the presentation of the firstborn male who opened the womb, they returned to Galilee and their own town, Nazareth. There the child grew strong in body and wise in spirit, and the grace of God was on him. In, in another rendition, so I'm reading the message version here, uh, the Catholic edition, and I, and I just love that, this, this translation. But uh, in another one it said, he grew in wisdom and strength, which is pretty much what Eugene Peterson says here. There the child grew strong in body and wise in spirit. That God didn't come out of the womb knowing everything. God needed to grow in wisdom and in strength. God needed mentors in his life, particularly Mary and Joseph, but also the family, the neighbors, whatever it was up in Nazareth, to grow more in God-like form. And what do we hear about Jesus from this statement until his mission begins at the beginning of chapter 3? Well, particularly chapter 4, but... It, you know, it, it, it moves around a little bit with his baptism in chapter 3. What do we know? We know precious little. All we know is what I, what I spoke of earlier, that Jesus was to be found in the temple at 12 years old. Did you not know I must be in the house of my father? Right? That's it. Here's my second point for us to ponder. Brothers and sisters, there are active times in our life 
and there are times where we lie fallow. There are times the field produces fruit, and there are times it must lie in rest and enriching itself, re-nourishing itself, so that the next active time it can produce fruit when called upon. So is true, so it is true with us. We have active seasons, and we have seasons where we lie fallow, where we rest. But 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 Make no mistake about it. Resting does not mean I'm going to sit on the couch and and watch Netflix. It means how do we prepare ourselves for that next active season? What am I doing in my life during this time of fallowness? Fallowness a word? During this fallow time, during this time of convalescence, uh, how do I or what am I doing to nurture that spirit to prepare my heart, to prepare my soul, to prepare my life, to prepare my mind, so that when I am called upon in my next mission, it may produce fruit. For 20-some-odd years, we didn't see the active uh, time of being fallow of Jesus. That was a terribly worded sentence. We did not see the active restfulness of Jesus behind the scenes. But we know it had to be really well done because when he was baptized, he was prepared to go out into the desert, hear what God invited him to, and act upon it. It's as simple as that, isn't it? I don't know, brothers and sisters, whether God's calling you to an active time season right now or a season of lying fallow. They're both okay. They're both needed for each other. They're both incredibly needed. But if it is active, may it be led by the Spirit of God. And if it is fallow, may it be led by the Spirit of God. And may it be active in its restfulness. And in your activity, may you also find rest. It's like that yin and yang sign. If you're familiar with it, and I'm not going to describe it if you're not, But notice, it isn't just black on one side and white on the other. They each contain a little bit of the other. In the white side, it contains a black dot. And in the black side, it contains a white dot. You know what I'm talking about. Because in our restfulness, we need to be active in our preparation. And in our activity, we need moments of rest or we will burn out. Whatever season you are in, embrace it now. Thank God for it, but make sure that we are preparing uh, or listening and being led by God and preparing for what lies next. Let's pray. So, my friends, we continue through the Luminous Mysteries today, and, uh, and so we begin in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen, the fourth Luminous Mystery, the Transfiguration of Jesus. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. 
Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. O my Jesus, forgive us our sins, save us from the fires of hell, lead all souls to heaven, especially those in most need of thy mercy. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. My friends, have a wonderful Thursday. Thank you for being present and breaking open God's word with me, and may God's peace be with you.